Section thirty-one of the Book of the Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume Eleven. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Vivian Liu. The Book of the Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume Eleven, by Anonymous, translated by Richard. Francis Burton. The fifth night of the month, when the evening evened, the king sat private in his chamber, and summoning the wazir, required of him the promised story. So our Rowan said, "Hear, O king, the tale of the sage and his three sons. There was once a sage of the sages." Who had three sons and sons' sons, and when they waxed many and their seed multiplied, there befell dissension between them. So he assembled them and said to them, "Be ye single-handed against all others, and despise not one another, lest the folk despise you, and know that your case is the case of the man, and the rope which he cut easily when it was single, then he doubled it and could not cut it. On this wise is division and union. And beware, lest ye seek help of others against your own selves, or ye will fall into perdition. For by what means soever yet when your wish at his hand, his word will rank higher than your word. Now I have money which I will presently bury in a certain place, that it may be a store for you, against the time of your need. Then they left him and dispersed, and one of the sons fell to spying upon his sire. So that he saw him hide the hoard outside the city, when he had made an end of burying it, it, the sage returned to his house, and as soon as the morning morrowed, his son repaired to the place where he had seen his father bury the treasure, and dug and took all the wealth he found and fared forth. When the old man felt that his death drew high. He called his sons to him and acquainted them with the place where he had hidden his hoard. As soon as he was dead, they went and dug up the treasure and came upon much wealth, for that the money which the first son had taken singly and and by stealth was on the surface, and he knew not that under it were other monies. So they carried it off and divided it, and first son. Claimed his share with the rest and added it to that which he had before taken. Behind the backs of his father and his brethren, then he married his cousin, the daughter of his father's brother, and was blessed through her with a male child, who was the goodness of the folk of his time. When the boy grew up, his father feared for him. Poverty and decline of case. So he said to him, "Dear my son, know that during my green days I wronged my brothers in the matter of our father's good, and I say they in will, but and thou come to want, 
ask not one of them nor any other than they, for I have laid up for thee in yonder chamber a treasure, but do not thou open it until thou come to like thy daily bread. Then the man died, and his money, which was a great matter, fell to his son. The young man had not. Patience to wait till he had made an end of that which was with him, but rose and opened the chamber, and behold, it was empty, and its walls were whitened, and in its midst was a rope hanged down, as for a bucket, and ten bricks, one upon other, and a scroll, wherein. Was written, "There is no help against death, so hide thyself and beg not of any, but kick away the bricks with thy toes, that there may be no escape for thy life, and thou shalt be at rest from the exaltation of enemies and envious and the bitterness of beggary." Now, when the youth saw this, he marvelled at that. Which his father had done said, "This is an evil treasure." Then he went forth and fell to eating and drinking with the folk, till naught was left him, and he passed two days without tasting food. At the end of which time, he took a handkerchief, and sending it for two dirhams. Bought bread and milk with the price and left it on the shelf and went out. Whilst He was gone. A dog came and seized the bread and polluted the milk. And when the young man returned and saw this, he beat his face and fared forth distraught. Presently, he met a friend to whom he discovered his case, and the other said to him, "Art thou not ashamed to talk thus? How hast thou wasted all the wealth, and now?" Comes telling lies and saying, "The dog hath mounted on the shelf and talking such nonsense," and he reviled him. So the youth returned to his house, and verily the world had waxed black in his eyes, and he cried, "My sire," said sooth. Then he opened the chamber door and pinning up the bricks under his feet, put the rope about his neck and kicked away the bricks and swung himself off. Whereupon the rope gave way with him and he fell to the ground and the ceiling clave asunder and there poured down on him a world of wealth. So he knew that his zeal meant to chasten him by means of this, and he invoked. Allah's mercy on him. Then he got him again that which he had sold of lands and houses and what not else, and became once more in good case. His friends also returned to him, and he entertained them for some time. Then said he to them one day, "There was with us bread, and the locusts ate it. So we set in its place a stone." One cubit long, and the like broad, and the locusts came and nibbled away the stone, because of the smell of the bread. Quoth one of his friends, and it was he who had given him the lie concerning the dog and the bread and the milk. Marvel not at this, for rats and mice do more than that. Thereupon he said, 
get you home. In the days of my poverty, I was a liar when I told you of the dogs jumping upon the shelf and eating the bread, and defining the milk. And today, because I'm rich again, I say sooth when I tell you the locusts devoured the stone, one cubit long and one cubit broad. They were abashed by his speech and departed from him. And the youth's good prospered, and his case was amended. Nor continued the wazir. Is this stranger or more self-seeing than the story of the prince who fell in love with the picture? Quoth the king, Shah Banket. Happily, when I hear this story, I shall gain wisdom from it. So I will not hasten in the slaying of this minister, nor will I do him die before the thirsty days have expired. Then he gave him leave to withdraw, and he hid away to his own house. End of section thirty-one. Recording by Vivian Liu.